0: Romans first chapter and today let's begin in verse 16 and we're going to read several verses we're going to read all the way down through verse 25 today uh, today we'll be talking about truth and then uh, see where the Lord will take us for next Sunday but let's read Romans 1 16 through 25 and I'll be reading from the New King James Version For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, and remember this is the Apostle Paul as he's writing this letter to the Christians who are there in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now let's pray once again. Heavenly Father, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And who we are not, make us. For Christ's sake and in His name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now this. let me ask, this, this letter that Paul wrote to the Romans uh, is it still relevant today? Yes. Does, does it give a picture of the human condition even today? Does it talk of current issues of even today? It, it seems like this could have been written just a few years ago or even last week. Uh, the, the two portions of our reading today, as I already said, uh, uh, talking about truth that spoke to me and was uh, standing out to me. Was that portion of verse eighteen that says, "Who suppressed the truth and unrighteousness"? And in verse twenty-five, he says, "Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie." Suppress the truth and unrighteousness. That word, "suppress," uh, in, in the Greek, katiko, to hold down, to withhold, to hinder the truth. It would be very easy to start talking about politicians and news media right now, wouldn't it? To hold down, to withhold, to hinder the truth. This side, that side, in the middle, I believe they all do it. And many are only trying to appease the polls of public opinion today. It's like they have... Their finger in the air, seeing which way the wind's blowing today. Deciding how they're going to bend the facts to make themselves, their party, their agenda look the best. Spin doctors, they call them. And I suppose to some degree that most of us, if not all of us, are spin doctors in our own way. That perhaps we desire to put ourselves in the best light and magnify the failings of others in the worst light. I wonder how often we see the sins of others and are blind to our own sins. John Piper said it this way, And when truth hunts us down, (laughs) the truth will always find you out, will it not? Uh, You younger kids, uh, you need to learn this early in life. Truth will always find you out. And this applies to the older ones too. Don't think you're going to get away with things. Uh, Let me read. And when the truth hunts us down, and it will, and corners us, we will dodge and distort and evade and mislead and equivocate and lie. Now, let I me mean, pause there. I had to look up equivocate to see what he was talking about there. Equivocate. And this is what came up. You know, you've heard the old expression, beat around the bush. That came up. It means to beat around the bush, to be vague, to be sneaky and evasive. You know, maybe we we'll all be truthful. Because we've probably all at some point done this. Hey, did you do this? Um, um, and then we start stuttering and stammering and trying to see how we may come up with an answer that will make us look better. Uh, Just don't hesitate. Just speak truth. Don't beat around the bush. Don't try to be sneaky. Don't don't try to lie your way out of it because I'm telling you, it will only make it worse. And parents, I pray if you find it out that you make it worse for them. You understand what I'm saying? Don't put up with a lying child. Teach them early to speak truth and to always speak truth. Um, Let me go back. And when the truth hunts us down and corners us, we will dodge and distort and evade and mislead and equivocate and lie. And when that doesn't work to suppress the truth, we will shift to blaming and accusing and deflecting anything to hold down the truth from having its full effect in our lives. Well, oh, did you do that? I, it was that. And then start pointing the finger to somebody else. Tell the truth. Amen. Just tell the truth. Because truth matters. Truth matters. And suppressing the truth speaks to an issue of the heart. Does it not? It, it speaks to the issue of sin. Uh, Romans 1.18. Let's put that verse up. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now, what truth is being suppressed? Now, let's bring this back into context and exactly of what we're talking about here. The the answer is given in verses 19 through 21. We suppress the truth in righteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. Now let me pause. So, so it is a truth that God Himself has shown to them. Who's the them? It's the unrighteous. Who's the unrighteous? There is none righteous, no, not one, uh, apart from saving grace. That's all of us. So it's either. Perhaps some that is listening today, and and some have been saved by grace. But all, there's none righteous, no, not one. Yet God Himself has revealed truth about Himself to everyone. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen. (laughs) How, How long has God's invisible attributes been clearly seen? Now, did you take that phrase and kind of think about invisible attributes, yet they're seen? Talking about the Lord. Talking about God. Since the creation of the world, in the world that God created, His attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Excuse. The unrighteous will be without excuse. No one can say, well, I didn't know. Nobody told me anything. I didn't know. Some people will say, well, what about somebody that's in the farthest reaches of the jungle and have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? Surely God will not hold them accountable. Yes, He will. He will hold them accountable to what they know. And His attributes are clearly known. And as I've thought about that, perhaps it would be something like, and and Abraham believed God and and it was accounted to him or accredited to him as righteousness. Perhaps that is is how that will be. They they see creation and know that there is a creator. And they believe that there is one who has created. And and perhaps, perhaps that he accounts that as righteousness, that God is the judge of that. that. That's just me talking there. But no one will have an excuse. No one can say that they didn't know God because creation itself speaks of the eternal power and divine nature of God. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Even though they knew God because of creation, they did not glorify Him, honor Him, as God, or give thanks. But rather, what did they do? They made idols, false gods, unto themselves, verse 23. And changed the glory of God, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man. And birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. So here's the truth that is being suppressed. There's a God, a creator, the creator of all things. And he is powerful. He is all power, more powerful than, than all else because he has made everything. And is eternal because nothing existed before him. He is not created, but is the creator of all things. He created us. And we are to glorify him, honor him, and be thankful. He is eternal because nothing existed before him. He is not created. See that see songs come to mind when I read and that we, we do that you are God alone. Can we have the words of that? You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are the only God whose power none can contend. You're the only God whose name and praise will never end. You're the only God who's worthy of everything we can give. You are God and that's just the way it is. You are God alone from before time began. You were on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, you were on your throne. You were God alone. Do that little bridge. Unchangeable. unshakable, Unstoppable. That's what you are. Unchangeable. Unshakable. Unstoppable. That's what you are. The truth that is being suppressed. That there is a God. Who has always existed. Who is the creator of all things. And this truth is being suppressed in unrighteousness. And Paul confirms it again in verse 25. Who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. They did not glorify him as God or give thanks to him, but instead glorified the creature that created and took credit for what was owing only to God, making for themselves idol. See, they exchanged God worship for self-worship, for idol worship. And again, the truth is being suppressed that God exists, God is eternal and infinitely powerful, and God is the giver of every good gift. And, and Piper said it this way, and therefore, our reason for being, our chief duty, the end for which we are, were created and the commandment written on every heart is to display the glory of this great God every day, hour by hour, as we live in the exultation over his bounty to us. And quite often, he will mention the Westminster Catechism. The question What is the chief end of man? And the answer, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That's why we're here. That's why we were placed here. That we might glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. But the truth that is being suppressed is just the opposite. Not giving glory to God, but rather giving glory to the created things, rather than to the Creator. Turn to Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, uh, Paul is describing the end of the age and the great apostasy, the the deception that will come on the world in those days. Second uh, Thessalonians, second chapter, verses nine through twelve. Second Thessalonians two nine through twelve. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Why do people perish? Unbelief in the truth. Does truth matter? Yes, it does. The Word of God. See, rather than believing They suppress the truth. They believe a lie. And they take pleasure in their unrighteousness rather than believing the truth. They have a stronger affection for the pleasures of sin than for God. And that is what unrighteousness is. Loving sin more than God. John 3, verse 19 through 21. And this is the condemnation That the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light. Why? Why did they love darkness rather than the light that came into the world? Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. See, the unrighteous suppress the truth to hide, to conceal the ugliness of their sin and their desires in darkness. They love sin more than God. And this Paul says in Romans 1.18, let's put that back up. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. See, see this suppression of the truth, of His glory, His power, His deity, and His goodness is because of man's love affair with unrighteousness. And this brings the wrath of God. Is there any hope? Yes. Yes, there is. See, that takes us back to verse 16 and 17. Is there hope? Yes. Verse 16 and 17, Romans 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, for what? The gospel. For the gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it, for in what? In the gospel of Christ, for in it, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I I read this last Sunday. Just listen again. God demands righteousness and we don't have it. So the only hope for us is that God himself would give the righteousness that he demands. And that is what he does. That is the gospel. The reason the gospel is the power of God for salvation, the way that the gospel saves believers, is that in it, God reveals a a righteousness for us that God demands from us. What we have to have, but could not create or supply or perform, God gives us freely, namely his own righteousness, the righteousness of God. And, And how did he give it? Through Christ, the gospel of Christ. The only hope for us is that God himself would give the righteousness he demands. This is how the gospel saves us from the wrath of God. We need righteousness. We can't, cannot earn it. Our righteousness is but filthy rags before the Lord. We need a righteousness that is not of our own, and that is from Christ. From Christ. That is the gospel. That everyone who believes in the life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ might be saved. Saved from the penalty of sin. Saved from the wrath of God. Everlasting life to the believer. The wrath of God for the unbeliever. And I know I I say this a lot. There's only... You're only in one or two camps. You're either a believer in the gospel of Christ, or you're an unbeliever. You're either a believer that's bound for eternal life and glorification with with God the Father, or you're an unbeliever bound for judgment and wrath and indignation. One of the two. John 3, verse 36 He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. This is the believer. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. There's the picture. The believer, the unbeliever. Well, Preacher, that's (laughs) kind of harsh. It's it's eternal destination. You, You don't... Beat around the bush. It's the Word of God. Paul in the book of Romans is going to be going over this, over and over and over again, lifting up the righteousness of God. And helping us to see that apart from Him, we are unrighteous. Blessed are those who have believed. In John 3, verses 14 through 18. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now let me pause there for a moment. Because I know when we talk about these things and we read from the Word of God that there will be those who say, "Oh God, God doesn't he doesn't hate he, he doesn't there will be no wrath. they're delusional if they think that because it says it in the word, but but God is love. Yes, he is love. He is love, and the ultimate love that he gave was that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross so that we might be saved. That's love. Yes, He's love, but He will not, He will not endure sin. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. Now listen, now listen. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So we read earlier the wrath of God abides on them. They're condemned already apart from a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, apart from grace, apart from faith. John 1, verses 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Oh, child of God, aren't you thankful that you're born of God, that you're born again, that you're born from above? It wasn't by heritage, it wasn't by family, it wasn't by race. None of that. But born of God. John 5 verse 24. Most assuredly I say to you. He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me. Has everlasting life. And shall not come into judgment. But has passed from death into life. Well, Jesus talked about it. Believe God. And believe in me, Christ would say, and whom He sent. John 6, verse 40. And this is the will of Him who sent Me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Then verse 47. Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in Me has everlasting life. I'm going to keep reading. Let's read some more. John 11, verse 25-26. Let's just drive it home. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. What did he just say? He will raise them up in the last day. Though he may die, he shall live, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe that? This morning, do you believe that 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 in Christ, those who are born again, we are going to pass from death into life? I I, I don't know how that's going to be. It's like we take our first or, or our last breath here, and and then a first breath with Him. I, I'm not sure how that's going to be, but absent from this body will be present with Him. I do know that. First John five verse thirteen. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now now you can go and read that little book of 1 John and find out all those things that He told you so that you might believe, know that you believe and continue to believe because there is a key part of it, isn't it? Perseverance. We... You don't just say, "Oh, yeah, I believed once. Oh, back when I was 13 years old, yeah, I, uh, I went to Vacation Bible School and I went up front and I believed and they led me in a, in a, it was a little prayer and, and I believed and and I'm good, I'm good." Well, well, what are you doing right now? You know, this is 20 years later. What are you doing right now? Oh, well, you know, Sunday's pretty busy and we go to the river and we, you know, it's it's, but I'm okay. Is somebody like that okay? Well, the, the, the Lord knows, but perseverance. If, if you're truly saved, you're going to persevere. And, and, and when you stray away, He will not leave His sheep out there. In His time and in His way, He will come for them, and by whatever means He deems necessary, He will bring them back. Perhaps with a whip. Perhaps with a loving embrace. But He will bring His lost sheep back to the fold. He will. He will. These things I've written to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue. Continuance. Perseverance. There's the question. I'll just ask it. Do you believe? Jesse talked about it in his prayer. That's always our prayer. That if there should be someone lost. Lord, use your word. Open somebody's eyes that they might see and save them. Grant them faith that they can believe. Grant them repentance as they would would see righteous most holy God and see their sin and cry out in repentance asking for forgiveness and receiving Christ isn't that your prayer I hope it is Romans 10 verses 9 through 13 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, if 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 someone is lost who is listening to this, my prayer is do not suppress the truth. In your unrighteousness, that's what Paul's talking about, wasn't it? That in their unrighteousness, that, that they were suppressing the truth, that they were sidestepping it. They were making their own excuses. They were making their own gods and their own idols, that that fits their lifestyle, that fits what makes them feel good. Truth matters. It is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that sets us free from the penalty of sin and the wrath of God. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Child of God, we owe our very existence as a believer to the word of truth. We do. We do. Let's, let's read a few more that just talking about that word of truth, because how important is the Bible? How important is the word of truth to us? Let's go to James, the first chapter. James, first chapter, verses 16 through 18. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. There is no variation. There is no change in God. Unchangeable. Verse 18. Of His own will. Of whose will? God's will. Of His own will, He brought us, the brethren, brought us forth by what? The word of truth. That we might be a kind of the first fruits of his creatures, of the family of God. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. It's the word of truth moved along by the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God and, and the truth of the word. Let's go back to second Thessalonians, second chapter. Second Second Thessalonians, second chapter, verse 13 and 14. This is Paul and he says, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth to which He called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's that's great verse, isn't it? (laughs) Paul, we give thanks. We give thanks to God. Because God from the beginning, from the beginning, chose you. How can we comprehend that? Chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. He brought us forth. He gave us new birth by the word of truth. The Apostle uh, Paul said, By the Spirit and belief in the truth. By the Spirit and belief in the truth. In his his prayer, uh, Christ prayed this in John 17, 17. You know this. Sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. The word of God. The word of God. And it is by this word of truth that any child of God is saved. Romans 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? And hearing by the word of God. The word of truth. Now. Again, somebody could come to me and say, well, wait a minute. That guy in the jungle again, he doesn't have this. What's his word of truth? It's creation. It's creation. That's his word of truth. That there is a creator. And he he has made it all. Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14. In him you have trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. The Apostle Paul, he's a broken record, isn't he? Just over and over and over again in these letters that he's writing. Is this important? (laughs) Yes! It's all throughout the Word. In Him you also trusted after you heard the Word of Truth. The Gospel. There it is. The truth. The Gospel. And what was being suppressed that Paul's talking about in that letter to, to the Romans, that what was being suppressed was the truth of the Gospel. So Paul writes to the Colossians. Go to Colossians first chapter. And again, he's thankful for their faith and their love for one another. goes together, doesn't it? You love the Lord, you're going to love those who are loved by the Lord. Jim talked about this morning. Colossians 1, 5 and 6. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before, In the word of truth of the gospel. Which has come to you. As it has also in all the world. And is bringing forth fruit. As it is also among you since the day you heard. And knew the grace of God in truth. So truth. Truth matters. Real truth. Not somebody else's truth. (laughs) Well I got my own truth. Well. Okay. But the only truth that matters is this. Someday, when you stand in judgment before most holy God, your truth is not going to mean anything. And I know this because the Word tells me so that one day every knee will bow and recognize that He is Lord. But for many, it will be too late. It will be in judgment that they will recognize it was true because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel which has come to you as it is as also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and truth. See that's grace, that's mercy child of God, that's how much he loves you, that while you were yet sinners, Christ came and died for you. He called you. He drew you to himself. Of his own will, he gave you life, eternal life, by his word of truth. And aren't you thankful? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I give you thanks for your word. To, To me, it seems so very clear that there's only two paths. Only two. And only one of those leads to you. And that's through Jesus Christ and the cross. Any other path leads to your judgment and your wrath. And So, Father, for... Anyone who may hear this that is yet lost, I pray, have mercy. Lord, by your spirit and by your word of truth, reveal yourself in love. That you have provided a way, because of your great love, you have provided a way to escape your wrath. And that way is Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That that no one can come to you, Father, except through him. So, Lord, have mercy, open eyes to see your holiness. Open people's eyes that they might see their unrighteousness before you. And help them to see that in Christ and through Christ, you have provided a means of righteousness. And that's the the gospel of Christ. That's the cross of Christ. And, Father, help, help those of us who have believed, who are born again, Help us to live like it. <laughs> help us not to wander. Lord, if, if we stray any at all, Lord, just bring us back and help us to see how foolish we were to ever turn our back on you towards something else. So, Lord, help us not to make idols in our life, things that come between us and you, whatever it may be an activity, a thing, a possession. Lord, help me, help us all to not have idols. nothing, Nothing between me and my Savior. Nothing between. So Lord, help us to see you and help us to live for you. Help us to live by faith. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.